I hope you can see a Bible, and if you can't, you might be able to turn one on, but we're going to be reading a short section. Ethan's going to read for us from Psalm 119, and we're going to start reading there at verse 57. So maybe, Ethan, you'd come forward. Uh, Good morning. Today's reading is from Psalm 119, beginning to read at verse 57. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is filled of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. This is God's word. Well, most of us struggle with wholehearted commitment. Isn't that true? And I'm sure some of you are still keeping up those new hobbies from the first lockdown aren't you? Knitting, roasting, baking, painting, upcycling, crafting, running, growing. You're still doing them, aren't you? And the rest of us, well, yeah. So then what did you think when you read this section of Psalm 119? Because it's a showcase of wholehearted commitment to the Lord, isn't it? Someone who's, just have a look at it, promising, asking, thinking, turning, hurrying, getting up at midnight, even asking for tuition? So you might be wondering, what motivates wholehearted commitment like this? Well, the Bible gives us some really amazing insight here. Now, there's something that brackets this little section from verse 57 to 64. It's easier to see in the original, but there are two words that frame the whole section. Now, one of them's right at the start in verse 57, translated here as portion. And there's one in 64. And both of them start with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet that gives this whole little section its title, its name. Now, these words, have a look at them now. There's the word portion. The Lord is my portion, or allocation if you like, or my allotted share. Does anyone have an allotment? Well, the psalm writer says, the Lord is my portion. He's my allotment in a big way. And then if you look back then to the end of the little section in verse 64, you have the word steadfast love, and that starts with the same letter. And what the writer's trying to do, he's trying to connect this wholehearted commitment, the Lord is my portion, I promise to keep your words. He's trying to connect that with what motivates it, the full view of God's amazing, steadfast love. Isn't that interesting? So there's a connection. Those are the two words that start with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet that titles this section. And we should be thinking about what's the connection between portion, between wholehearted commitment to the Lord, the Lord is my portion, and the steadfast love of the Lord. The earth is full of it. 
Now here's how that's immediately relevant to us. Have a think. You see, the Bible is pointing believers again and again to the very reason that you'd even want to live lives of wholehearted commitment to the Lord. Because what the Bible is not saying is that here's a mad enthusiasm for something random like juggling or sourdough. You can take or leave that, can't you? No, it's not that. The Bible's saying there's a wooing of us again and again, urging you and me back to wholehearted commitment to the Lord. And it's not because we're gonna be so good at sticking to it, but it's because of the Lord's steadfast love. That's so full. God's so good, in other words. He's worth it. And, And if you see that steadfast love again, there's a sense in which it can reawaken or awaken us for the first time and a new determination in us to keep God's word. There's the connection. That's really helpful to get that at the start of this section. Wholehearted commitment to the Lord starts with his wholehearted commitment to you. Isn't that the Bible? Wholehearted commitment to the Lord starts with his wholehearted commitment to you. And so in Psalm 119, it's coming out of some back to the Lord advice as the summer wanes, Black Rock. Back to the Lord. And firstly, it's, it's, it's coming out here from verses 57 and 58. Get your hearts reinvigorated as we watch the psalmists write about it. Get your hearts reinvigorated. Look at verse 57. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me, Lord, according to your promise. Those are words of commitment, aren't they? And they wouldn't be out of place in a wedding ceremony, would they? You are all I want, Lord. I'll obey your words. They're they're vows, almost. Now then comes that little, it sounds very formal, doesn't it? I entreat your favor. Well, the writer's simply asking the Lord, again wholeheartedly, with all my heart, I ask you, Lord, to be gracious towards him, just as the Lord promised. And so notice how powerfully and suddenly you and I, we're listening in to the songwriter, we're hearing this amazing enthusiasm for the Lord. But I don't think you and I are just meant to observe it, like the 12 guests at your wedding, or the 50, or the 100, whatever the regulations allow. We're not meant just to watch other people making a vow. The writer here, by connecting commitment, you are my portion, to the fullness of the Lord's commitment, his steadfast love, he's inviting us too to get our hearts reinvigorated as we listen, as we read, as we meditate. And you know, this is the power of the Bible every time it's opened. That's the invitation, sending out invitations, not just to 12 or 50 or 100, but to anyone who'll read them. Get your heart sorted. Get it reinvigorated. Be reacquainted with God's steadfast love. Whether you RSVP or not, well, that's the issue, isn't it? But the invitations are coming out. They're coming at us. It's no exaggeration, is it, that Christians in churches around Ireland, Christians around the globe, have just felt tired with the pandemic. Tired of online, tired of Zoom, tired of restrictions. And we've felt vulnerable too, especially when it looks like Christians are just an afterthought for those wielding the political power. But there is a sight for us to take in, a view, if you like, 
a view for pandemic-weary and pandemic-vulnerable Christians. And the psalmist bursts into our staycations with the kind of view that's not just okay when you turn the corner, but mind-blowing. Look at verse 64 again. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Take in the view. Those battles with sin, well, they're wearying too, aren't they? The debates with your friends who just can't understand why you'd bother with religion. Another comment, or is it a jibe from classmates who mock your faith? Well, here's the reinvigorating truth for us. The Lord is my portion. Some of the Israelites, you know, they didn't have any land. And we understand that in Ireland because the land is everything. Think of our history. Getting that little parcel of land was everything to Irish men and women. Well, some of the Israelites, they didn't have a land. And it's them from the very ordinary, the most ordinary person without anything to their name that could say to the Lord, you are my portion. You're my allotment. No matter what I have materially, no matter what land I have. So it's probably the most vulnerable, as the commentator John Golden Gay points out, the most vulnerable who can most delightedly say, the Lord is my portion. So no matter how vulnerable you're feeling as a Christian right now here today, you have the Lord. He's your portion. And that is saying something big. Something big, something that could reinvigorate your heart. Get your heart reinvigorated. And then the invitations from this psalm, they continue because the writer writing of his own experiences, he tells us, secondly, get your feet turned or your feet returned, verses 59 to 60. Okay, something for our feet. Let's read it, verse 59. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. True story, the biblical writer is saying, I've had to turn my feet around and run towards the Bible's teaching. It's really dramatic as an image, isn't it? The writer grabbing hold of his legs and turning his feet to face the direction they should be pointing in, towards the Lord. Imagine grabbing your feet when they won't go the right way and physically turning them. And so there's some implication that the feet were probably headed in the wrong direction, away from the Lord. Are your feet, when you think of your ways? Well, this person in the psalm is describing a defining moment in his life when he, he thinks about or he evaluates the decisions he's making, the people he's following, the stuff he's doing, and he resolves to turn back for the first time or for the 500th time to God's word. Have a look, when I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. Some people get their feet measured at this time of year. School uniform and all that, remember those days? Well, all of us might need to get our feet measured, but we might need to do a bit of feet turning. And it's the 22nd of August, there's no time to lose, is there? Look at verse 60, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. There's real wisdom in hurrying here. And if you're in the wrong place, get out quickly, get out. It's not that you'll be turning back towards a vacuum either, but you'll be returning to security or as it was in the last section, comfort as we saw last time. The comfort and security of the Lord's commandments. 
It's complete and utter lies that the Bible is old-fashioned and destroying your life, destroying your fun, destroying your happiness. Utter lies. Popular lies, I'll grant you, but the sort of lies that could easily wrong-foot any of us and actually imprison us. So get away from them. Get away from those Bible-hating worldviews that have started to seep into your thinking on areas in which the Bible is actually crystal clear. Turn away from gossip. Turn away from porn. Turn away from yourself. And hurry back to the Lord and his word. Remember the view? Take it in. The earth, verse 64. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Salvation, you see, comes from the Lord's steadfast love. And when you turn your feet back to his testimonies, you can see the Lord Jesus Christ who went that way first. You'll see Jesus Christ who chose the cross, who turned his feet to step down to obedience. Paul wrote this in the letter to, to Titus. He wrote about Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Christ gave himself. Well, get your heart reinvigorated. Get your feet returned. And then thirdly, get your minds reminded, raring and sharing. Okay, well, what's this? Get your minds reminded and raring and sharing. Look at verse 61. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. Here's something that needs to be reaffirmed in, in my mind, and I'm sure it's the same for you as people who follow the Lord and trust in his word. You see, our minds need to be ready for war. Get your head into it or tuned in to what's going on. You see, the writer doesn't say, if I get tied up by the wicked, does he? He says, though the cords of the wicked ensnare me. This is going to happen. And in the middle of that, what's his resolve? Even when I'm attacked, even when I'm trapped and tied up and persecuted, I do not forget your law. So when the battle arrives at his front door, he's ready. I do not forget what the Bible says. So think about what that is saying to us and inviting us. Get your minds reminded about where they need to be. Get them engaged with where we should be. And then, raring to go. Look at the next verse. At midnight, I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. Raring to go at midnight. Is that you? Are you a night person, night owl? Well, the psalmist is. And there's something here about meditating on God's word and, and finding out where he's at and being reminded of the Lord's steadfast love that gets him raring to go. The ensnaring process, of course, verse 61, could have led to him to forget the Bible. But instead, he resolves not to forget. And he spends the midnight hours singing praise to God. Here's, here's how I've put this. Minds that are raring at midnight are praying minds. So there it is, praying and praising minds. Where are our minds? Let's remind them and let's get raring to go. Praising God deliberately around the clock. Why? Because of his righteous rules. Reminded, raring, 
And then that last part of this point, sharing, verse 63. Have a look at what he says. He says, I am a companion of all who fear you, Lord, of those who keep your precepts. Now here's something new in Psalm 119. So if you've heard all of the message, this hasn't come up before. Christopher Ashe points this out. He says, up to this, only the wicked and the enemies are mentioned in great numbers, in the plural. There are the wicked, there are enemies. And up to this, it seemed like it's the, the writer singular, the song singer on his own. But now look, there's a shared companionship, verse 63. I'm a companion of all who fear you. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? All who keep his precepts. So as believers, we can have and should have shared companionship with everyone else who's making the same resolve to wholeheartedly follow the Lord and live by his word. So there's a prompt here, isn't there? Get sharing. Get sharing with those other people around you who are like-minded. I remember when I arrived in, in Dublin as a teenager, I was ready to study, and I wanted to live as a Christian. Now looking back on, on those formative years, one of the most important things was the companionship of other Christians. I was able to have breakfast yesterday with one of the guys who arrived in Dublin a bit like me 23 years ago, not knowing anybody. But together and individually, we joined the Christian Union to find companionship with other people who feared the Lord. We're still friends, still encouraging each other to keep going and follow Christ all those years later. And related to that when I arrived here as a student was a decision and I'll say it was almost accidental to go consistently to a church that proclaimed God's word. I've made a huge difference. So here we are, Black Rock, a church together, companions, people who share a holy fear of the Lord and a resolve to trust in his word, even though we find that hard sometimes. And that is no small thing. So we need to get our minds around the significance and the necessity of sharing in this community of believers, this local church, investing in our relationships one with each other. And these will be absolutely critical, critically important in our persevering with Christ in the years ahead. You know, I reckon that the Lord has given us that companionship with each other these past two and a half years. I feel it. I'm sure you do too. He's given us each other to walk this path together. Let's pray for more of it. Get your hearts reinvigorated. Get your feet returned. Get your minds reminded and raring and sharing. And then finally, that verse that bracketed the whole section, that view, look at it. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. So take a moment to gaze at it, just for a minute. Full of your steadfast love. The fullness, the sufficiency, the magnificence of the Lord's cosmic steadfast love. The earth is full of it. And when we turn away from that view too quickly, we turn our feet in another direction. Our hearts get swamped in the sin that so easily entangles, not to mention those around us who are throwing ropes around us. I was chatting to a couple of people who were recently back from South Africa. They were describing the scale 
And that's hard for Irish people. We have lovely views and everything in Ireland, but they're sort of gentle, aren't they? You know, they kind of, they take your breath away, kind of, but they're not as dramatic as some parts of the world. Well, these people were describing the view as that they saw from Table Mountain, not to mention the, the scale of the task of hiking up there. Awe-inspiring. Well, it doesn't do it justice. And it's like that when you and I look again at the Lord's amazing, cosmic, steadfast love, his commitment, the stunning view of the Lord's gracious commitment to wretched people like you and me. And so the writer utters those last few words at the end of verse 64, teach me your statutes. Commitment gazed at, look at the earth full of the Lord's steadfast love. Commitment craved at, teach me your ways. It has given him a craving for a renewed commitment to the Lord. Well, we've been summering here in, in Psalm 119 these last weeks, a song that's had that distinctive heartbeat calling us to get back to God's word, wholehearted commitment to see the Lord's covenant faithfulness to his people, what he has done for us. And I think it's time for us all to respond then by following him for the first time or reinvigorated once again for the term ahead. Teach me your statutes. Help me to keep going, Lord. Let's make that our prayer. Father, we need your help to get us invigorated, our hearts. We can't do that ourselves. The enthusiasm soon wanes. But when we take in the vastness of your grace and mercy, your steadfast love, give us the, the inspiration. Help us to live for you once again as the view pans out in front of us front of us. Don't let us forget. Don't let us get swamped or ensnared. Help us to live by your word in the days and months and years ahead. Father, this is our prayer. Would we be singing it tonight, at midnight, tomorrow, then days to come? Teach me your word. Help me to keep following you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.